Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant, and I will be your host tonight for this telephone town hall meeting. Tonight, I'm joined with the Minister of Forestry, Parks and Tourism, Todd Lowen, as well as Colin Blair, the Executive Director with Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker, the Wildfire Information Unit Lead with the Ministry of Forestry, Parks and Tourism, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki with the RCMP, and other experts from over nine Government of Alberta departments, including Agriculture and Irrigation, Health, Mental Health and Addiction, Forestry, Tourism and Parks, Municipal Affairs, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Indigenous Relations, Education and Environment and Protected Areas. Before we hear from our speakers, let me explain how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans who communities have been affected by the wildfire are connecting to the discussion. We will hear opening remarks from Minister Lowen, and after that, it will be your turn. You will have a chance to ask questions about the changing wildfire situation in Alberta and about supports for evacuees. You can get in line to ask a question anytime, including right now, by pressing star three on your keypad, and you'll be put through to an operator who will write down your question. Here are a few things to keep in mind. When you press star three, you'll be routed to the operator who will ask for your name and community, and then they will direct your question to the live call. Please try to keep your question as brief as possible as there are many, many Albertans on the phone tonight. For today's event, we will be recording your questions and I, as your host, will read them aloud. This will allow me to ensure as many questions as possible are answered and to ensure our speakers address the questions that you have. We will hear from Minister Lowen with some opening remarks in just a moment, and then we will hear your questions. With this, I would like to invite Minister Lowen to say some opening remarks. Okay, yes, thank you very much, Sarah. Appreciate that, and good evening, everyone. My name is Todd Lowen, and I'm proud to serve as the Minister of Forestry, Parks, and Tourism. I want to sincerely thank each of you for dialing in to tonight's town hall. Joining us this evening are representatives from many of the ministries and organizations leading and supporting Alberta's wildfire response. Before we start answering questions, I'm going to provide a brief high-level update on the wildfire situation and how we're supporting Albertans. Alberta remains under a state of provincial emergency. I want to stress the situation remains fluid and the risk of dangerous wildfire behavior remains high. The past few days have brought rain and cooler temperatures to many areas of the province, giving our teams the opportunity to focus on containing active wildfires and preparing for warmer, drier days ahead. Our Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre continues to operate at a level four, the highest level to coordinate resources from across the province and from other jurisdictions. And we're continuing to work with local officials and first responders in all affected communities to get personnel, resources and equipment where they're needed most. Alberta currently has over 800 wildland firefighters heavy equipment and air tankers responding to wildfires in the province. Over 250 wildland firefighters have come from British Columbia, Quebec, Ontario, the Yukon, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Alaska. And now we're pleased to have approximately 300 members of the Canadian Armed Forces joining our wildfire suppression efforts. Over the coming days, these soldiers will be deployed to support operations in Grand Prairie, Fox Creek, and Drayton Valley. As of this afternoon, more than 17,350 Albertans have been evacuated from areas impacted by wildfire. To date, 
we have registered 13,829 evacuees across the province. I want to encourage all evacuees to register. Registering will make it easier to get help and resources. Evacuees can register online or in person at a local reception area. I know that these are difficult times for you and your families and that returning to your home is your top priority. It's ours too. Public safety is and remains our focus. We're doing everything we possibly can to facilitate safe reentry as soon as possible. I know this is difficult, but we're asking you to continue to be patient. Local governments will be the first to know about reentry plans, and I urge you to stay in touch with them and watch out for updates. I'd also like to encourage all evacuees who are under mandatory evacuation orders for seven days or more to apply an emergency evacuation payment at alberta.ca emergency. Earlier today, it was announced that the federal and provincial governments will each match every dollar donated to the Canadian Red Cross 2023 Alberta Fires Appeal. This means that every $1 donated will become $3 to support immediate and ongoing relief and recovery efforts. These are trying times, but Albertans are strong and we'll get through this. Know that we stand firmly behind you. We're doing everything we can to make things easier and we hope you will be able to get home soon. So thank you and uh, now we'll take your questions. Thank you, Minister Lowen. And for those just joining us again, my name is Sarah and I am your host for tonight's telephone town hall. And joining me are Minister of Forestry, Parks and Tourism, Todd Lowen, Colin Blair, the Executive Director with Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker, the Wildfire Information Unit Lead with the Ministry of Forestry, Tourism, Parks and Tourism, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, the Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Sablocki with the RCMP, and experts from nine other Government of Alberta departments. <laughs> Tonight, we're talking about the changing wildfire situation with Albertans who have been affected. And if you have a question for any of the experts who are with me tonight, please press star three right now or any time to enter the queue. Now, let's get to our first question. This comes from Victoria in Drayton Valley. And I'm going to have Brad Geddes with Seniors, Community and Social Services respond. Victoria's question is, what is going to be done about all the residents of Drayton Valley that are being told their postal codes aren't registered into evacuee payment system yet. A lot of us have applied over 24 hours ago and still have nothing. Thank you very much for the question and thank you, Victoria. Uh, I appreciate uh, that it's important that we get you the funds as soon as possible. Um, I'm pleased to share that more than 6,500 applicants for emergency evacuation payments have so far received over 2 million e-transfers, as well as $77,000 in visa cards. Uh, it, just a reminder, if people aren't able to receive an e-transfer, visa cards are available at 16 Alberta support center locations, and they have extended hours. In addition, cards are available at the Edmonton and Calgary evacuation centers. Um, I want to share that we did have a few issues confirming postal codes for two evacuated communities, Antwistle and Drayton Valley. We worked with those municipalities to confirm the evacuated areas, and this issue has been resolved. As you can appreciate, sometimes an evacuation area doesn't line up with the postal code. And so it's really important that we work with municipalities to make sure that everyone who should be paid is paid. So we have begun processing those applications this afternoon, and eligible applicants who are waiting for payments and who applied online 
will start to receive them within the next 24 hours. Again, I appreciate uh, that uh, every moment is important as you are uh, dealing with unanticipated expenses. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Brad. Our next question comes from Chris in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency and Management Agency respond to this question. Chris's question is as follows. How will businesses who have had their main base in the evacuation zone gain access to resources and equipment in order to meet working commitments outside of the evacuation zone? Hi, Chris. Uh, thank you very much for that question. I know this is very frustrating and it's a very stressful situation, uh, but for now, the priority is to the wildfires and to get them under control and, and of course, to focus on getting that community ready for re-entry. At this point in time, Great Valley is still under an evacuation order, which means that there is still a threat from an out-of-control wildfire that is local. So we urge you to follow that evacuation order and, and listen to the local authorities. Around the community, the police and RCMP are on site, support the evacuation and checkpoints. And we know that uh, Drayton Valley is, is working diligently to prep the community to make it safe and to focus on re-entry. It's unfortunate that you're not able to gain access while the evacuation order is in place, but it's hoped that uh, when they get to re-entry, there'll be clear details to let you know when you can gain access again. Thank you, Colin. Our next question is from Dan, and I'm going to have Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services respond. Dan's question is specifically, will continuing care residents who were evacuated and did not have access to their wallets be eligible for a prepaid visa card during this emergency? Maggie? Please go ahead. Thanks for the question, Sarah. And Dan, um, sorry to hear about your circumstances for sure. Dan, we have some options for you. You don't necessarily need your identification if you already have a verified account through verified.ca. You can go in right through that verified account and go into the program to apply for your benefit and we can help you through an e-transfer. If that's not an option for you, Dan, we can actually have you attend to one of the evacuation centers, depending on where you're located, or our Alberta support centers, as uh, my colleague mentioned a little earlier, are open extended hours through multiple sites across the province. It is from uh, 8.15 to 8 p.m. Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 9 to 3. If you have any trouble at all, the staff on site would be more than happy to help you. Even without your ID, Dan, we can work with you to substantiate who you are and be able to get those benefits to you. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Our next question um, comes from Cody in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Manage Management Agency respond. Cody's question is, when will the reentry plans be announced and what will the reentry plans be? Hi, Cody, thank you very much for the question. I guess the first thing is that uh, the, the reentry plan uh, is based on some guidelines that uh, that we have that are publicly available. Uh, because of the the uh, factors that the municipality needs to consider, they they will determine exactly what the plan looks like. Um, I know they're they're working on dealing with the emergency right now, 
and uh, they are looking at uh, re-entry. Uh, so I don't want to uh, presume when that uh, information is going to come out, but I would put to you that uh, the wildfire will be the first dictator uh, as far as when will re when re-entry will occur. So I think it's important for you to pay attention to what information is coming from Drayton Valley. Uh, they will have the, the call on re-entry and, uh, and just watch the wildfire conditions because that will be a good indicator to tell you uh, how things are unfolding. Thank you. And for anyone who's just joining and would like to ask a question from any of the experts joining the call tonight, you can do so right now or at any time by pressing star three and we'd be happy to take that question. Our next one is from Gail in Lac St. Anne, and I'm going to have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada respond. Gail's question is as follows. Our property is damaged and we've opened a claim. How long should we wait for a return phone call before calling the Insurance Bureau? Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Gail, for the question. I'm very sorry to hear that you have damage to your property. My thoughts are with you and your family during this difficult time. The insurance companies are receiving a large volume of claims from evacuated people around the province, and they are assigning adjusters as soon as they can to get those return calls to start the insurance claims process. Rest assured, once you've started that claim, an adjuster will be assigned, you will get a call back, and the damage will be taken care of at your property. If you don't hear back over the next few business days, please reach out to us at Insurance Bureau of Canada. We can be reached at 1-844-2-ASK-IBC. That number again is 1-844-227-5422. Or you can also get additional information online at ibc.ca. Thank you very much. Our next question is from Ismail in Edson, and I'm going to ask Brad with Seniors Community and Social Services to start a response, and there may be others that can contribute as well. The question from Ismail is, what support is there for evacuees? Thank you very much, Ismail. Um, I think it's really important that when we're talking about support for evacuees, uh, we take the broadest scope. Um, there's many different types of needs that uh, someone will have uh, when you've quickly left your home and you've left your community. So I'll start with some, and then I'll ask my colleague, Kareen, to talk about some mental health supports and health supports. Um, I think it's the first off is that there's no wrong way uh, to, to phone in for help. So I would encourage you to start with either 211, which in your local community can list uh, a number of not-for-profits, NGOs that have uh, exceptional services that are available to you. I would also encourage you to call 310-4455. At that number, it does provide a gateway to a number of Government of Alberta services. Um, for example, the emergency evacuation payment. Uh, there's a support for if you need help with employment uh, because your situation has changed. Uh, or if you need housing or medication. So those are a number of um, different ways you can access. Again, I would encourage you for 211 for local agencies and 310-4455 for Government Alberta physical supports. Uh, Kareen, can you expand on other supports that may be available? 
Sure, thank you, Brad, and uh, thank you for the question, Ishmael. Um, <clears throat> there's also uh, a number of ways that you can access uh, mental health supports. Um, so we recognize that uh, this wild care situation can be really stressful and be quite overwhelming. Uh, and through this process, uh, you may want to access someone to be able to talk to and, and provide some of that additional support. So uh, really underscoring the um, helpfulness, the usefulness of Alberta 211. Uh, so would encourage you not only for uh, information about resources, uh, but they also have uh, individuals that are able to uh, listen more fully to what your needs are and provide some of that emotional support and also connect you to other emotional supports such as those that would be available through um, Alberta Counseling. Uh, and so you can also access Alberta Counseling or Counseling Alberta, pardon me, uh, on your own by calling 1-833-827-4230. And I'll say that again, Counseling Alberta, so they have virtual and in-person options for, for counseling support, 1-833-827-4230. Uh, you can also call the Alberta Health Services Mental Health Line at 1-877-303-2642. Thank you. Thank you, Corrine. And our next question is going to come back to Corrine with mental health and addiction. It's from Lorraine in Sturgeon Lake Cree Nation. I'll go ahead and read the question. Northern communities, especially remote communities, have experienced significant losses, not just our homes, but businesses and basic amenities. Rebuilding is going to take a long time. Our people are going to need support, not just to rebuild, but emotional support. What is the province offering First Nations communities to help us deal with these difficult times? Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Lorraine, for your question. And again, just um, really want to express my uh, my condolences uh, for the situation for you uh, and your community. Uh, I had mentioned some other supports before, um, which I'll repeat, but also Alberta Health Services is offering a specific Indigenous support line, uh, and that, that number is 1-844-944-4744. So once again, 1-844-944-4744. That, that line is available from noon to 8 p.m. from Monday to Friday for those living in the North Zone. Uh, in addition to that, so Alberta 211 can provide information and referrals to mental health uh, related supports, as well as other information related to social services and other community uh, services that might be available more locally to you. And you can also contact Alberta Health Services through their mental health uh, helpline, which is 1-877-303-3642. Uh, and both of those lines can also help connect you to Counseling Alberta, which is free or low cost uh, access to counseling, both virtually and in person, uh, or they can be called directly at 1-833-827-4230. Thank you. Thank you. And a reminder for anyone just joining, you can ask a question anytime by pressing star three on your phone. The next question is from Tina in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services respond. The question is as follows. I've been in my car for six days and I haven't been able to get into a hotel. 
Is there any other means or ways to help stay safe and find a place to stay? Is there any sort of help coming from somewhere else like the Red Cross? How do I access it? Thank you very much for sharing your story. I appreciate how brave that was. Um, first off, it's really important that uh, all evacuees are safe, warm, and dry. I would encourage you uh, after this uh, to call 310-4455 and ask to speak to an income supports uh, staff member. They can help you find uh, resources for a hotel this evening. Uh, they can also help you set up with uh, personal supplies if you need that. So again, that number is 310-4455. Um, I'm not sure which community you're in, uh, but the other number, for some reason, that doesn't work. I would encourage you to phone 211 uh, and share that. The other piece I would share, and I'll, I'll connect with my colleague Maggie here in a moment, is that there's other resources available uh, in addition to hotels. So if, you're, if you've changed an employment, there are resources for that as well. Maggie, would you mind? Sure, can. Tina, um, we want to be able to provide you with some emergency supports. We certainly don't want to see you continue in the situation you are please um, contact our numbers that my colleague provided to you. As Brad said, ask for emergency social services and we will assess what your current needs are and give you a hand. You don't have to live in that circumstance right now, Tina. Thank you. Our next question um, is from Regan and I'm going to have Christy Tucker, Wildfire Information Unit Lead respond. The question reads, why is air tanker support not being used? The ice is off the water and I would think it would have a significant impact on the fires. Thank you. Uh, we do certainly uh, use air tanker support on our fight on the fires across uh, Alberta. It's one of the many tools in our, our, our toolkit. Um, we have uh, a number of, of airplanes, air tanker groups stationed across the province, and we use them strategically. Uh, they can uh, fight more than one fire at a time, and uh, certainly um, we have additionally got in uh, extra uh, help from uh, our colleagues across uh, Canada through our agreement with the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre. Um, we put out fires a number of ways. Air tankers is certainly one of them. It's not always the most appropriate. Uh, sometimes when we see extreme uh, intense wildfire um, behavior like we did last week with the extreme uh, temperatures and winds, uh, it can inhibit uh, the ability and the effectiveness of air tankers. So uh, certainly there are a lot of things we have to manage when we're using our tools to extinguish wildfires. Uh, air tankers are a tool that we use effectively and we want to use them efficiently. Thank you. Our next question is from Lucas in Parkland County, and I'm going to ask Deputy Minister with Agriculture and Irrigation, Jason Hale, to take this question. It says follows, will the province make any resources available to farmers for infrastructure that's been destroyed like fences, wells, et cetera? Yes, thank you. I'm happy to, to uh, answer that. Um, we actually are in conversations uh, with our federal counterparts, uh, looking at the, uh, the options of um, having an ag recovery program. Um, we will not know uh, the extent of the damage until we can actually get in there and, and physically see, um, you know, how much damage there is. So, um, you know, we're just starting that work with our federal partners. 
Um, I will remind you that AFSC uh, does have a suite of business risk management programs. Um, you can go on their website and check them out. Um, also, you contact your insurance, uh, your insurance company. Um, a lot of those uh, could be covered depending on on your program. So we're, uh, you know, we do know that that it's is going to take some time, and we have to do the assessments, um, you know, and uh, but but just uh, you know, remember that we we are we are here for you, and we're going to work with you and and support our ag community uh, the best that we can. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question is from Arlene in Drayton Valley. Um, there's two parts to it. So I'm going to start with one of our um, officials in the room and then ask to go to a second. Brad, I will go to you first and then perhaps David and uh, maybe even Maggie. Um, how do people who work in Drayton Valley but don't live in the community get financial support? Um, so folks that would work there, they can't go to work if they've been evacuated, but they don't live there. The second question from Arlene is, is there financial support for people who have evacuees staying in their home? So for my colleagues in uh, seniors community and social services, Brad, I'll ask you to start. So I'll take the first part. Uh, Maggie's an expert with regards to employment. So I'll defer the question to her on that one. So the, uh, if you have a guest staying in your home uh, or, or you're staying in someone else's home, um, one of the reasons why the emergency evacuation payment was created uh, was to give Albertans choice. Uh, it's really important uh, that people uh, have the ability to find uh, comfort, whether it be with family and friends or a hotel. Uh, so it's uh, the, the person who is evacuated can apply for the benefit. And if they so choose, they can provide some of those funds uh, to their host. Um, if there's additional, sometimes there's additional pressures though on the host. Uh, so that's why if you do need support, such as additional food through the food bank, uh, or you do need emergency food or um, um, medicine, uh, then please call either 211 for local agencies or 310-4455. Maggie, would you mind sharing uh, what the impact is on, I don't believe there's coverage for lost income, but there may be support uh, for other uh, job opportunities. Yes, thanks, Brad. And Arlene, again, I, I'm sorry for the circumstances that you're faced with, and I'm sure um, losing your employment is a bit of a shock as well. In these circumstances, we advise you to apply for employment insurance. Uh, the, our partners over with Service Canada are making some concessions to expedite claims and to assist Albertans. So please make sure that uh, if that's an option for you, you want to consider that, please go ahead and apply. In addition to that, the Alberta Supports offices, Arlene, if you have an immediate need that is not being met, I would encourage you to contact the Alberta Supports offices. You can do so by calling that 310-4455 number. Also visiting an Alberta Support Center in a community that you might be in or staying in, um, as uh, I know you mentioned, you're not living in the community. But certainly employment insurance, if it so happens that your employment is going to be disrupted for an extended period of time, we're more than happy to help you at the Alberta Support Centers across the province in securing new employment um, or even upskilling in order to find alternate employment as well. But certainly Arlene, don't hesitate. Um, employment insurance and the Alberta Support Centers are there to help. Thank you. 
Our next question is from Kirk in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to ask my colleague Corrine with Mental Health and Addiction to take this. There have been a, lot, a lack of services for mental health the last few years. Wondering what will be done to help people recover from not only COVID, but this wildfire season. We need more professionals working in mental health. Thank you for the question, Sarah. I mentioned uh, previously some immediate supports that are available, and I think that it's important just to reiterate those. So again, uh, contacting Alberta 211, they offer uh, virtual uh, support via text and chat. They also have a phone line. You just simply need to call 211, uh, and they can provide access to um, mental health professionals through Alberta Counseling, uh, as well as other um, service providers from across uh, the province. Uh, Alberta Counseling can be contacted directly uh, as well at 1-833-827-4237. Uh, really, what we're doing right now in terms of considering what may need to be done in the future and uh, uh, some of those future mental health supports to support community recovery is we're really just monitoring and uh, we'll certainly, as we learn more, we'll scale up those needed supports in, the, in communities where uh, those additional needs have been identified. So thank you for your question. Thank you. And a reminder for anyone who has joined in the last few minutes, or who hasn't had a chance, if you would like to ask a question, you can do so right now or at any time by pressing star three on your phone. Our next question is from Darla in High Prairie, and I'm going to have Deputy Minister Hale from Agriculture and Irrigation respond. Darla's question is, will there be compensation for farmers and ranchers that responded with their own equipment when we could not get any help? Yeah, great, great question, Darla. I know I've actually, uh, I've had this uh, um, proposed to me from some other individuals in the emergency areas. Um, the best advice I can give you is to contact your municipality and, um, you know, try to break down the cost as best as you can to them. Uh, just keep, keep a record. Um, you know, I can't guarantee anything that's going to happen, but, but your best chance is to keep a record of your expenses, your time, uh, we know it, it costs money for fuel um, and, you know, your equipment, your wear and tear. So just keep a detailed description of, of what you and your neighbors have done and present it to your municipality. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work with them to see uh, what sort of uh, disaster recovery programs uh, that are put in place. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next question is from Connie in Greenview District, and I'm going to ask, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki with the RCMP to please respond. Connie's question is, what are the RCMP doing regarding uh, people who are trying to break into buildings? Curtis? Thank you, Sarah. And, and Connie, thank you for that question. And I can certainly understand, uh, you know, when persons are evacuated from their communities, their concern around the, uh, the safety and security of, uh, of their property. So again, thank you for that question. So we're doing several things uh, and, and, and quite frankly, different things in different communities. Uh, um, but uh, generally, uh, of course, you know, we have uh, our RCMP members stationed at uh, perimeter points, checkpoints in communities that have been evacuated. Um, which is important to keep uh, to keep folks out that might have uh, ill intent uh, when they when they enter communities uh, to commit crime and, and such there. So 
that's important there. But uh, within our communities, we have roving patrols. We have members, uh, uh, I would say, within their police vehicles, but also on foot as well, uh, patrolling through the communities, uh, checking for the security of, of uh, businesses, premises, and residences, of course, as we go. We've recently uh, acquired uh, some further surveillance, aerial surveillance capacity in the context of, uh, of drones. So uh, we have uh, some, I'll say, uh, longer flying uh, drones that we're able to put up uh, above uh, residential neighborhoods, uh, business areas as well too, and uh, that brings us extra surveillance and support capacity uh, through that investigational technique. And I'll also share with you that we have deployed bait vehicles uh, within some of our communities as well too as a deterrent and uh, to prevent crime. So uh, those are a few things that we're doing. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, people, well, people need to feel safe in their communities, quite frankly. And if you're not feeling safe, we need to work with you. We need to work closer with you uh, so that you do feel safe. Um, we have victim services available uh, for, uh, for those that uh, would like that additional support as well. So I'll maybe stop there at this point. Thank you so much, Curtis. Our next question is from Stuart in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services respond. Stuart's question is, has Alberta Health Services assessed the hospital? Thank you for that question, Stuart. Um, Alberta Health Services is continuously assessing the hospitals, whether it's hospitals at risk and may need to be evacuated or hospitals that have been evacuated and when they're assessing a return to services. Um, a return to services is dependent on many factors that relate to the impacts of the fire. Um, but our priority is always patient and safety. Um, we work towards opening emergency, emergency departments first to ensure that the community has access to those urgent care services. Um, but again, it's really dependent on the impact of the facility from the fire. If power was lost during the fire, the resumption of services in, in the hospital um, will take a bit longer as well to bring staff in to support those services in the community. But I want to reassure you that we are continuously assessing all of our facilities that are impacted by wildfires and making plans to reopen those as soon as possible. Thank you, Shane. Our next question is from Jamie in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to ask Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services to respond. Jamie's question says, my driver's license is from Northwest Territories. I can't verify my account because of this. Why isn't there any other way to verify my account? Great, thank you very much, Jamie. Um, I can appreciate for many people that are out of province or have had to evacuate out of province, um, that this may be a challenge. Uh, it is one of our security features that we do uh, have is to uh, ensure that we're basing it on uh, the motor vehicle record and uh, that's important for security reasons. The challenge with that is that it may make it difficult for some people. Fortunately, uh, our staff that are uh, uh, at the reception centers in Ampton, Calgary, as well as uh, the uh, Alberta Supports offices. You can get the addresses on the website. 
um, they have the ability to verify your identification. So if you have other documents that show uh, like a power utility bill or uh, prescription uh, or other things in your daily life that you could provide, uh, they can use that to verify who you are and issue a payment on the spot. So um, I'll just turn to my colleague Maggie one more time. Maggie, anything else to add there? I, I just want to understand the extended hours of the weekend. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 3. And you're absolutely correct, Brad. We will accept other forms of identification. Unfortunately, not having your Alberta driver's license does prohibit you from using the verified.ca, but we can certainly assess your eligibility for the evacuation payments in person. You come in with what identification you have. We can certainly make that assessment for you. Thank you very much. Our next question is from Leanne, and I will have Christy Tucker, our Wildfire Information Unit lead, respond. Can you confirm that more crews are being sent to help with the Fox Creek fire? Thank you. Yes, uh, I'll let you know a little bit about uh, how the fire is doing. It, it's currently at 21,568 hectares, and it is classified as out of control, which is one of our wildfire statuses, but uh, it has seen moderate behavior, uh, which is a positive step. It hasn't been seeing extreme wildfire behavior uh, lately. We do have uh, helicopters, uh, um, bulldozers, uh, attack crews, and um, and as well as crews assisting us there from Oregon and Cypress Hills Park. So uh, we do have crews there and a Quebec crew has just arrived as well to assist with firefighting efforts there. Of course, you heard the minister mention at the, uh, at the top of the call that we would be sending additional support from the military to that area as well. So they will all be assisting uh, with the firefighting effort. Um, they're enforcing the containment lines that they've been working on to create around uh, the, the community to prevent the wildfire from moving further to the communities of Fox Creek and Little Smoky. So we will continue working on that with the uh, additional help that we're receiving. Thanks again, Christy. If you would like to ask a question, um, you can do so anytime, including right now, by pressing star three on your line. Moving along to our very next question, it's from Sandra in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Colin Blair, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, respond. Sandra's question says, if the fires in Drayton Valley are still out of control, why are heavy equipment and water trucks being turned away from helping when they were already given permission to do so previously? Hello, Sandra, thanks for your question. And I, I would expect that would be a bit frustrating uh, for something like that to happen. We are looking at uh, receiving specific firefighter training and experience for those who want to volunteer to assist in local efforts. We're asking people to contact emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. Our staff are triaging a high volume of offers of help from Albertans eager to support in the response throughout the province. So we appreciate your patience as we assess how to best integrate the skilled volunteers in ways that will maximize their impact. And I, I, I would like to appreciate the, the fact that people are stepping up and, and wanting to volunteer. But a, a proviso that I would like to put forward is that we do have emergency responders 
and municipal EOCs and community EOCs that are very much focused on the efforts. So when we're supporting them from the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre, we're really looking at them coming to us to ask for the support and we arrange for that support. So I can understand the frustration in showing up uh, to, to a location and, and being turned away because they're not prepared to, to accept the, the support that you want to provide. And hence the reason why we're looking at these supports coming into the, that email address. So I'll say that again, it's emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. Thanks, Colin. Our next question is from Phil, submitted online. And I will ask Christy Tucker, our wildfire information unit lead to respond. Phil asks, where do people get specific information about the fire in our area if we aren't getting an update from our mayor or our fire chief? Thank you, Phil. Uh, the search for information during a wildfire situation is certainly something that, that people really can't get enough of. So that's why we established the wildfire status dashboard. So if you go to Alberta wildfire and search for wildfire, wildfire status, uh, that will have uh, all of the information that's available to us. Uh, it's, um, it's fed directly from our system. Now, uh, with wildfires that start outside the forest protection area, those are considered mutual aid fires, and those are the responsibility of the municipality. It can be a little harder for us to get information um, because it's not uh, we're not the lead agency on that fire, but we do try to provide as much information as we possibly can uh, right there on that uh, dashboard that will have information about those fires. I would also recommend uh, signing up for if there is a, are you, if you are in a forest area or near a forest area, that, uh, that area may be assisting on the fire in your area, and you can sign up for an email update directly from that area information officer, and that contains significantly more detail on firefighting operations on wildfires of note in your area. Thanks, Christy. Our next question was also submitted online. This is from Pawan, and I will ask Brad with Seniors Community and Social Services to respond. Uh, the question is, what are the requirements to apply for the financial benefit? Is there any work requirement? Great. Thank you very much. The, the primary uh, uh, elements uh, to be eligible is that you live uh, in the evacuated area. Uh, it is your main residence, so it's not a vacation house or uh, cabin. Uh, also, that uh, you're you're a uh, uh, you're not here uh, sponsored. Um, let me clarify that. You're also eligible uh, if you're a temporary foreign worker or you're an international student. So the main point is if you're a resident uh, and you're living in the evacuated area and it's your primary home, uh, your driver's license has the majority of the information we need or identification card, treaty card, or Métis card. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Our next question is from Dejinder in Drayton Valley. I'm going to actually ask three of my colleagues to respond to this. So um, I'm going to start with Colin Blair with Alberta Emergency Management Agency. I'll ask Shane from Alberta Health Services and also Rob with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to respond. Dejinder's question is as follows. I manage a gas station in Drayton Valley. How do I get a permit to reopen to provide gas perishables, et cetera, for the firefighters. Colin? 
Well, thank you very much for the question, Ginger. Uh, I, I'm going to say at this point in time, because Drayton Valley is still under an evacuation order, that they will not be allowing access into the community to open up uh, services. I don't want to speculate on this. Uh, I would say that if the community required gas services to support the firefighters in the local area, that the emergency operations centre of the community would reach out to seek that support. So I don't want to put them in a in a bind here. They they would do that if they required it. And if they haven't, then you'll need to follow the evacuation order. Thanks, Colin. I'll ask Shane to go ahead with uh, Alberta Health Services next. Thank you, yes. And once you're uh, permitted to return to the community and resume services in your store, uh, there's step-by-step -step instructions to reopen your food facility, food facility on the AHS website at ahs.ca slash wildfire. After the power, if the power was out, it's important to assess your facility for those impacts. And we'd recommend contacting your district health inspector uh, or a local environmental public health office for any guidance you may need. They can be contacted at 1-833-476-4743. Again, that number is 1-833-476-4743. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. And then Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. If you have anything more, please go ahead. Dr. Jinder, I applaud you for wanting to help. During these times that are difficult, it's really great to see that people want to help and people really want to come together. You have a business, you have a gas station, and business insurance policies, they differ from home insurance policies. There's many different options available, and there's also businesses have different risks. Some of these risks for your particular gas station would be different if you started to allow other people to be using services and supplies when there is an evacuation order. You could have damage to your building, your stock and equipment, or business interruption, which essentially is lost income while you're evacuated. Businesses are all different, and they have tailored insurance coverage specific for their needs. Business interruption coverage, this is optional and businesses would also require liability coverage to make sure that if anyone does get hurt or injured on your premises, that you have coverage for that as well. When you're able to return, if your business is damaged or if there's a neighboring premises that's damaged that won't allow you to reopen, if you have business insurance coverage, to make sure you reach out to your insurance company and start that process right away. If you aren't sure what coverage you have, then I encourage you to reach out to your insurance representative to understand the coverage you have and how your policy would respond if, when you are able to get back, you find out that there is damage to your property. Thank you for all those responses. Our next question was submitted online by Rebecca. And her question, I'm going to have Kindy Joseph with the Department of Education respond to. She asks this, um, when will we know about things like exams and whether they will be deferred? What about diplomas? Thank you very much, Rebecca, for your question. 
Alberta Education has been in close contact, daily contact with school authorities and school leaders in impacted areas. We are continuing to assess the situation as it evolves, including implications on exams like diploma exams. We are going to continue to determine actions uh, regarding these exams as we get closer to the date. Parents and students should keep in close contact with their schools to get up-to-date information. School authorities communicate with uh, parents and students in a number of ways, including email, Facebook, updates to websites. I would encourage you to maintain uh, getting your information from where you used to previously. Thank you. And thank you. Our next question is from Joanna in Drayton Valley, and I will have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency respond to this. Joanna's question is, will we be informed of any necessary infrastructure repairs or maintenance that needs to be per performed before our re-entry? Hello, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you very much for the question. So that will be part of the, uh, the re-entry. Part of the process is uh, after the community has gotten control of the of the threat, they will start to go and look at a damage assessment. Anybody who has uh, had any type of damage uh, prior to reentry, uh, the community will get in touch with the homeowner or business owner to let them know. So you should get some insight as to the extent of damage uh, before you uh, before you reenter. Thanks, Colin. Our next question is from Diana in Wildwood, and I'm going to have Christy Tucker, our Wildfire Information Unit Lead, respond. The question says, we are heading home tomorrow. What is the status of the Deep Creek Fire? Thanks for the question. Um, first of all, congratulations. I'm sure that's a big relief to be heading home. Uh, the Deep Creek uh, Complex is is made up of three separate wildfires that we have grouped together to fight more efficiently. Uh, that is the, uh, the complex of fires that were uh, close to the areas of Evansburg, Entwistle, Wildwood, Hansonville, and Shining Bank. And uh, I can say that the status of those fires are unfortunately still out of control, and we have seen high uh, fire behavior on those fires. But we do have an incident management team there. Uh, we have firefighters, helicopters, and heavy equipment that are all working to support this fire. And we're working very closely in coordination with Parkland, uh, Yellowhead, and Woodlands counties uh, on, that, uh, on that complex. So uh, we are working very hard to contain the fire to the current location and obviously uh, limit spread. But as we look to the conditions uh, that we're expecting ahead for the weekend, uh, we may still see fire activity. So um, you may see smoke uh, in the vicinity, but certainly we do have firefighters and team um, working hard on that fire right now. Thanks again, Christy. Our next question um, is from Justin in Fox Creek. I'm going to have Colin with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency respond. Justin's question reads, my cat was left behind. Um, what can I do to ensure that it is safe? Hi, Justin. Thanks for the question and sorry to hear about your cat. Uh, it's unfortunate you weren't able to take it along with you. What you can do is uh, you can contact the Alberta SPCA Animal Distress Line at 
9003. I'll say that again, 1-800-455-9003. Let them know where your, your cat is uh, and they can have staff check in on them. Uh, hopefully the cat is in the facility if not, uh, let them know the, the vicinity and uh, they should be able to assist you. Thanks, Colin. Our next question is from Beth and she's listening live online. I'm going to have Tom Davis with Environment and Protected Areas respond to Beth's question. It says, the air is getting smoky. How do we make sure those with asthma stay safe with these evacuation orders? How do we check the air quality? Tom, please go ahead. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very much for your question, Beth. And certainly, um, you, you'll want to ensure uh, that you are taking care from a health perspective. I'll answer the first part, but then I'll defer to uh, some of my health colleagues regarding the asthma part. Um, environment um, and protected areas, we, we um, report on air quality conditions every hour and that's done uh, 24 hours a day. Um, that information is provided using a, a health, an air quality health index and it rates uh, the, the condition of the air quality from a one to a 10, one being you know very good condition up to a 10. So that information is currently available um, on the Alberta Environment and Protected Areas website. Um, and, uh, the, it, and if you search up air quality health index, that will come up. There's a map that shows across the province, and it's broken out with an indicator of that 1 to 10 for that particular part of the province. I, I would highlight that, you know, in, a, in conditions like this, uh, smoke from the wildfires can occur in very localized areas. And that can fluctuate very rapidly, and it may not be detected immediately from those air quality stations. So you also want to use, um, you know, what you're seeing around you as well as you're, you know, judging for um, what types of steps to take. So I'll turn it over to some of my health colleagues in terms of uh, the question about uh, asthma. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Wanda Obi with uh, Alberta Health. Um, certainly, there are some precautions to take uh, in areas that are experiencing wildfire smoke. And as my colleague mentioned, there are resources online to be able to um, look at what the situation is in particular areas. So first of all, limiting outdoor activities and strenuous physical activities as much as possible. If you're having difficulty breathing, uh, reduce those activities or stop altogether. Certainly, if you're having um, those types of symptoms, you can also contact HealthLink at 811. Again, HealthLink at 811 for Alberta Health Services. They'll be able to provide you with advice as to next steps. Thank you. Take care. Thanks very much. Our next question is from Denise and Edson. Um, and I, I'm going to be able to answer this on myself. Denise has asked, can we please repeat the email for the emergency offers for people who want to offer their trucks to help? So the email address for those that are interested is as follows. Emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. Again, that's emergency support offers at gov.ab.ca. 
Moving along to another question, and this is from Elena in Yellowhead County. I'm going to ask David Williams with Seniors Community and Social Services to respond. Her question says, for those on a fixed income like AISH, will they qualify for the emergency funds even if they're under seven days? David, please go ahead. Hi, uh, thank you very much for the question. So uh, individuals who are uh, on ACE or any other social assistance program will qualify for the emergency benefit provided that they meet all of the other uh, requirements, which at this time is uh, being out for the seven days. So um, once you have reached uh, the seven days, you are eligible for your uh, benefit payment. Um, if you are in particular need, I would encourage you to contact your ACE worker, uh, your caseworker, and they'll be able to help you out with your specific case uh, and your information. So, um, yeah, so as you know, if you meet every other eligibility requirement, you will be uh, eligible. Please contact your, your caseworker for, um, to address the specifics of your case and um, take care. Thank you. Thanks, David. I do have time for at least this one final question. Um, it's from Joanne in Big Lakes County, and I'm going to ask Brad with Seniors, Community and Social Services to respond. The question says, I have my brother staying with me. I lost my home. He was on Alberta support, but now is in BC due to breathing issues. Is he eligible for the payment? He lived with me for six years, but he left because there was no support for him. Who do we talk to? That, uh, that's a lot that you're going through. I really appreciate uh, with families, it's really important to stay together. Uh, and when you're not able to, it can be particularly difficult. Um, so the first thing I would suggest is that given that it's a complex situation, um, you call in to the Alberta Sports Contact Centre. Um, you can reach that either directly by Googling it or phone 310-4455 and ask to, uh, to speak with one of our staff. Um, they can walk through what supports are available for you related to the wildfire and also separately. Um, if, you're, if that doesn't meet your needs, though, I would also encourage you to phone 211 uh, and they can direct you to resources in your community. Now, for your brother who's in British Columbia, I do understand that there are resources available through comparable income supports. Uh, and he should contact the government of British Columbia. I don't have their number, but I am confident that you'll be able to find that. Uh, so I would encourage him to to seek out those resources. Uh, again, uh, it's trying times when you're separated from your family, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. With that, I am going to let us know that it's the end of our call this evening. There's been many great questions and responses, and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for spending the last hour with us. I would like to thank Minister Todd Lowen for hosting this event, and for my colleagues from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the RCMP, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, Alberta Wildfire, and more than nine other Government of Alberta departments, thank you for providing responses to these questions. Thank you for joining us all tonight. There will be another telephone town hall tomorrow on Friday, May 12th, from 7.30 until 8.30 p.m., and we welcome you there as well. Thank you, and good night.